You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Faith can rewrite your future. You want your life change? Give your faith, put your faith in Jesus Christ, and he will rewrite your future. The most powerful thing you can do to change your life is say, Jesus, here I am. I am a sinner. You died for me. Come into my heart. And from this moment over, take the steering wheel of my life, and Jesus will rewrite what Satan had planned for you. In our current culture, oftentimes we're taught that if you can't see something, then it's not worth your time. We're told from a young age that if we want to succeed, then we need to be the best we can be with what's right in front of us. Today in his message, Pastor Jeff explains that if you want to save yourself from the pain and despair of this world, you need to let Jesus be your guide. You'll never get to where you want to be by trying to carry the load on your own. Take a step in faith and secure your place in eternity. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff as he begins his message, The God Who Responds to Faith. Now, he says it's impossible to please him unless you come to him by faith. Now, that word please means to give pleasure to with the added idea of rendering good service to. So it's saying that you and I cannot adequately really serve God unless we do it by faith. Faith instead of sight, faith instead of feeling, If we're going to follow God, serve God, bear fruit for God, we've got to be people who operate by faith. Amen. Now, it is impossible to serve the Lord without faith. How many of you believe that God has called you to some level of service for him? The rest of you are wrong because you've all been called. I want you to say with me, I'm called. So I'm not called like you, Pastor Jeff. Well, no, you may not be called to be up here to pulpit, but you are called of God. He chose you before the foundation of the world to be rich in good works, to be involved in good works, to touch other people for him. It's a fact. Now, to do that, we're going to have to operate by faith. Habakkuk wrote, the righteous shall live by his faith. Paul wrote in Romans 1.17, the person who has God's approval will live and operate by faith. Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith's heroes, uses the, the phrase by faith 24 times in one chapter. 24 times. By faith, Samson. By faith, Rahab. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, and it goes through all of faith's hall of fame. And it says, normal men and normal women move mountains, saw miracles by faith. Faith moves the hand of God. And as you know, that the word faith in the whole Bible is found over 500 times. Faith. Now, if God says something once, we ought to perk up and listen. But if he says it 500 times, then obviously he's trying to tell us something. We move by faith. Faith is the substance of things you're hoping for and is the evidence of things you don't yet see. 
It doesn't mean they're not there. It means they haven't arrived yet. So faith is the solid evidence that what you don't yet see with your eyes is on the way. It's in God's oven. It's being cooked in God's oven. And in his time, he's going to get it to you. And in the meantime, we see it by faith. It's there. Now, when I study the life of Jesus, I am struck at how many times what mattered to him was a person's faith level. He immediately kind of put a thermometer in their faith and said, let's look at how hot or cold your faith is. And he measured their faith. Was it healthy? Was it strong? Was it weak? He didn't notice the way you looked. He didn't notice the way you were dressed. He read your faith. And you know what I noticed in the Bible? He never rebuked somebody for too much faith. Never. He never said, oh, you of too much faith. Never did it. He was regularly, though, rebuking people for their lack of faith or little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of small faith. Now, he wasn't saying they didn't have enough because the Bible says God has given to every person a measure of faith. So if we say, I don't have enough, then you're saying God shortchanged you. And he didn't. Jesus never meant you don't have enough faith. He always meant you're not using what you have. Because I've given you enough faith. So, oh, you have little used faith. Where is your faith? Why didn't you use it? And sometimes Jesus was amazed at a person's faith. And that's the way I want him to be with me and us together. I want him to look down and say, I am amazed at Turning Point's faith. I'm amazed at their faith. He said to the woman who asked him to heal her demon-possessed daughter, Jesus said to her, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that moment. Jesus scanned her faith, was amazed at her faith. One of the many, many compliments he could give was on a person's great faith. But on the flip side, Jesus was sometimes amazed at a person's lack of faith. He went back to his own hometown and he went there where everybody knew him. He had grown up there and everybody knew who Jesus was and he knew them. But it says he could not do, now watch this, he could not do many miracles there in his own hometown except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And listen to what it says. He was amazed at their unbelief. Amazed. You know, sometimes I think people that have heard the word of God over and over again, but they never really grow in their faith. Sometimes Jesus can look down from heaven and be amazed at the fact that we still don't walk by faith. I want to be in the first group. Wow, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at Jeff's faith. Thank you, Lord. Wouldn't you like him to say that about you? In Matthew 13, in his parable of the mustard seed, Jesus talked about the way that faith should always be growing. He compared it to a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds when it begins. 
When you and I get saved, we look up, look up and we say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, rose from the dead, and we're saved. Mustard seed, it begins. But starting out as the smallest of seeds, he talked about it ultimately blossoming into a great tree where others find comfort and shade from the heat. They come and they take comfort in your faith and mine. Faith should grow. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory and faith to faith. We should be growing in our faith, increasing in our faith. We ought to have more faith, more confidence in God at this time next year than we do today. Faith is supposed to be a growing thing. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, I can personally tell you that faith can rewrite your future. You want your life changed? Give your faith, put your faith in Jesus Christ, and he will rewrite your future. The most powerful thing you can do to change your life is say, Jesus, here I am. I am a sinner. You died for me. Come into my heart. And from this moment over, take the steering wheel of my life and Jesus will rewrite what Satan had planned for you. He'll rewrite your future. When you place your faith in God, Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. Do you believe that? Do you believe? Now, he's not talking about positive confessionism. He's not just saying, well, if I'm positive about, about something, it's going to happen. He means nothing shall be impossible to him be, who believes in me and my promises. Nothing shall be impossible. One man with a demon-possessed boy said to Jesus, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. What a weak prayer. Lord, if you can do anything about this, if... But I want you to notice what Jesus said. He said, what do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes God. You know what anything means in the Bible, in the Greek? It means anything. Anything is possible to him that believes in God. Anything. One man wrote, faith is like a flashlight. No matter how dark it gets, it helps you find your way. Faith. Think about this. Every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of the handle of anxiety and live in fear, doubt, angst, unbelief, or we can take hold of the handle of faith. How do you wake up in the morning and which handle do you grab? Unbelief, doubt, Fear, angst, uncertainty, or do you grab the handle of faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Prayer is asking God for rain. Faith is carrying the umbrella. I like umbrella carriers. How about you? <laughs> we ought to all be walking around carrying umbrellas. People say, what are you doing? Say, say I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. My God's about to rain blessing on me, and I've got the umbrella. Amen. Now, what most people don't realize is that faith is not a pill you take. 
It's a muscle you use. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. That's why God allows some trials into our life. These trials take us into the gymnasium of faith where we must exercise faith or the muscles of faith will atrophy and die. So God has called us to faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. Truly use it or lose it. The world says, if I see it, I'll believe it. Faith says, I believe it, so I see it. I believe it, so I see it. Believing is seeing. There's things I see today that aren't here yet, but they're on the way, and I can't wait, and I'm already saying hello to them. Believing is seeing. Can you say that with me today? Believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing. Believing is seeing. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Now, the Bible teaches that faith is the means by which we obtain the promises of God. We do not want you to become lazy, Hebrews says, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit God's promises. Takes two things, faith and waiting on the timing of God. How many people have faith, but they can't wait? They have faith, but they give up right before the answer arrives. It is by faith and patience we obtain the promises of God. Now, the writer gives us two prerequisites to operating in faith. And let me tell you what they are. He says, first of all, you must believe that he is. Now, I don't think that's just talking about believing that God exists. If, 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 If that's all it meant, then it's a given. If you're going to him, then you've already accepted he's there. It's talking about more. He that comes to God must believe. Here's the terms of faith. Must believe that he is. Well, that he is what? That he is who the Bible says he is. He is the all-merciful, prayer-answering, compassionate, powerful, sovereign, providential God who redeemed us by sending his son to die on the cross that we might be saved. He's for us, not against us. He's above us, below us, around us, in us, and pulling for us today. That's our God. He's the sovereign God, the all-merciful God, the prayer-answering God. And if we don't believe that about him, we will never approach him in faith. It matters what you believe about God. We must trust in his fidelity to the word of God. He says, I stand behind every promise I've given. And we've got to believe that. We believe his truth. We believe his wisdom. We believe his promises. And if we don't, it's impossible to adequately serve him. So what do you believe about God? That he's out to get you, out to stomp you for every little mistake you make? Or do you believe that he is for you, that he loves you more than you could ever comprehend, that he's your best friend, he's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. When others walk out, he walks in. Without this confidence, 
you're going to be plagued with endless doubts, haltings, and fears will paralyze you. So he that comes to God must believe he is who the Bible says he is, and he'll do what the Bible says he'll do. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Give him praise if you believe that. Now he says, when you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Well, let me tell you something, church. Our God rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, the word diligently separates the religious from the real. He's saying, talking about somebody who is not a casual seeker, not a once a week seeker, or I'm in trouble again, God, seeker, but somebody who must have him, who must know him, who must grow in him, who must encounter him, who is hungry for him, thirsty for him, longing for him, pressing into him. Diligent means 100% totally committed seeker is who he describes. You're seeking him with the whole heart. There's nothing half-hearted about it. God said through Solomon, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus said, ask and keep on asking and it'll be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock, and keep on knocking, and it shall be open to you. You've got to believe that God is a rewarder. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe if you seek God, you're going to come out empty-handed? Do you believe if you seek God, God's going to reward you? Do you see him that way? He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's going to reward you if you diligently seek him with all your heart. Kathy and I at home, we have four dogs. I know what you're thinking. That's nuts. I would have 10 if I could. We have four. Now, these dogs are smart. At dinner time, we don't eat at the table. We gave up on that a long time ago. As soon as the kids were gone, we quit eating at the table. I eat in an easy chair. She eats on the couch. And, and, and guess what? As soon as we sit down to eat, there is not one of those four dogs over there with her. If I could show you a picture, you would see all of them gathered at me, looking at me still as statues, tongues hanging out. And here's what they believe. He is Jehovah Jeff, my provider. I know that if I sit here and I stare at him and I don't move and I seek him diligently, he will reward me. And I do. Now, I don't want any of you pet purists to say to me, Pastor, if you ought not be giving them food scraps, hey, they live once and die. I want them to enjoy life. So I, I, I can't escape the eyes, the look. If I get up and go in the kitchen, 
to get something, I turn around, all four looking at me. They seek me diligently. They don't let me out of their sight. When I go back to the chair, there they are. I'm going to take a picture of it sometime and show it to you. It is a sight. Sometimes, last night I said, Kathy, look at this. All four of them staring at me, and I can almost hear them singing, there is none like you. I'm the soft touch. They know if I diligently seek him, he's a rewarder. So I do. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. And they almost, I can almost hear them saying, thank you. Thank you, Master Jeff. Thank you. They don't even know she's in the room. Now, she's one of the most giving people you'll ever know, but she's let them know when it comes to you, you get nothing from me. So they got it all figured out. Now, let me ask you something. How do you see God? Do you see him like they see her? I'm in trouble now. I am in trouble. Like I said, she's one of the most giving people you will ever know. Or do you see him like me? If I'm patient, if I seek him, if I come into his presence, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, here's what you'll come away with. I can't tell you what you're going to come away with because God's rewards are up to him. But it could be an answer to that prayer that you prayed for so long, that, that breakthrough you so desperately need, that provision that you're asking him to provide for you, that healing, that peace, that strength, that answer, whatever it is, let me tell you the best that it will be. He said to Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. What those four dogs get to experience is way more time with me and getting to know me better. than her. We're going to have a talk on the way home. They, there's something there, there's something there that they know they're going to receive a reward from me and it's going to be good and it's going to be worth the wait. Let me tell you about God. God says, diligently with all your heart, Seek me, and I will be found of you. And I will not only reward you according to my own will, but you will spend time with me, get to know me, draw near to me. And that's the greatest blessing of all. Say with me, God responds to faith. He that comes to God must believe that he's a good God and the God of the Bible. And he's a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek you. What a timely word from Pastor Jeff. Every day we see people abandon their morals because of a lack of hope and commitment. Today we learn that if you want to change the trajectory of your life and find peace in knowing what's next, you need to surrender yourself to God. You'll never find the serenity that you're looking for on your own. Make the change to a purpose-driven life by way of God's free gift of grace. Leave the fleeting lies of this world behind. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. That number once more is 817-484-4767 and text GIVE. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today and thanks for listening. Whether you're a Christian or not, we all have times of experiencing doubts in what we believe. In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to be sure and where you're headed after this life, you need to put your trust in Jesus. Stop pretending that you have it all together and let God's perfect grace transform you. He has always had you on His heart and has a place for you in His kingdom. Leave your burdens behind and be forever changed. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the series, The God Who, next time on Hardwired.